0: Are you ready to challenge your rhetoric? Today is Wednesday, March 23rd. My name is Sherry Roberts, and I'm your host on Challenging the Rhetoric. Welcome to the show. Right away, I want to the relief for everybody. There is no more man in tree in Seattle, Washington. The man finally and peacefully climbed down of his own accord, but not before first doing a bare butt headstand at the top of this 80 foot uh, sequoia. I believe it's a sequoia tree. He was uh, flashing all of Como News Live feed, Seattle's Como News Live feed viewers, the moon. Uh, and it was a bright white moon in the early part of the day here. He's been safely carted off to get some mental health help. The incident plays well in tonight's show. It's one of the reasons I mention it. We're going to end the show with man and tree, and I'm going to tie it into the rest of what I'm going to tell you, and it really is going to kind of become the moral of the story. There's no grill guest here tonight. I have several audio clips that I'm going to be playing throughout the show as emphasis or for examples of what I'm saying. These clips are of Maureen Peltier. Uh, Telfier, aka Sergeant Mose, who most people know her as, also Nevada Assemblywoman, uh, now congressional candidate Michelle Fiore, and a right, a right-wing podcasting hawker. And I call this man a hawker because, I mean, dude is just all about sell, 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 (laughs) donations and selling merchandise. There's a lot. There's a lot of people out there uh, like him. But before I jump up on uh, all of this and kind of. This is kind of a continuance of the special show that I did Sunday, off-schedule show. But, um, you know, uh, it's not going to be just like Sunday's show. Let me assure the listeners, so don't tune out. But it's going to kind of pick up some of those pieces and fill in a little bit more details. Uh, So before I get into all that, during each live broadcast, you can interact on the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash challengingtherhetoric.news and on the Twitter where I am at Newsfeed. For this show, we're using hashtag CPR, Oregon Standoff, and Bundy Ranch. And also I want to use the hashtag fear tonight. F-E-A-R, fear, scary. Uh, all the stories I cover are available on the website at challengingtherhetoric.news. If you'd like to call into the show, you can do that at 646-787-1790. If you do call in, be sure all of your background audio is off, even your computer sound. If you're listening through your a computer, make sure everything is off uh, before you before you dial in. If I hear a bunch of background noise, I'm just going to uh, bump the call off, and you can try again after you've turned your sound off. If you'd like to jump in the live chat room, you can do that on at blogtalkradio.com forward slash challenging the rhetoric with Sherry Roberts, C-H-E-R-I. If you're already on the page and you don't see the chat room, refresh button, scroll beneath the little slideshow, and it should appear there. I have the same rules on the phone as I do in the chat room, and that is that I am open to everybody's opinions and ideas and thoughts and input so long as it's delivered respectfully. I will not tolerate any trolling. I will not tolerate any attacks uh, on me, anybody else that calls in each other in the chat room. And please don't forget uh, that this show, I always almost always do uh, PG13 rating for a reason. Uh, Block Talk Radio does have a rating system. So be mindful of that, not just uh, me minding what I'm saying, and and but you also if you call in, as well as in the chat room. Very important. I think that uh, people, you know, young people of our world, 13 and up, should be hearing these conversations and learning and understanding more. If you missed uh, any of the shows that I referenced tonight, like specifically last Sunday's, you can find the archives for the shows here on Blog Talk Radio just by, uh, you know, scrolling through the list and like this one. Or you can go to ChallengingTheRhetoric.news on the website, and on the show tab is an archive. You can also find Challenging the Rhetoric on YouTube. I put the archives there usually within about, I don't know, five, six hours after this live show ends. So let me just jump into this. I'm going to do something a little different tonight. Like I said, I'm going to play some audio clips, and that's not usually my thing. But I think in order to paint this picture that I'm trying to – I'm not really painting a picture, but I have to paint the picture in order to – help you understand something that's very key, and all these events that have gone on with the Oregon standoff, you know, back in 2014 with the Bundy Ranch, but it's not just those events, it's not just those people, because those people are made up with a, with a whole bunch of different groups like I got into on Sunday to explain to you. So on Sunday, I told you that there's potentially another indictment coming. Now, I said that Uh, online and social media even prior to that when that last superseding indictment came out because just like the one before it it too alludes to yet another indictment coming but the reason that i reported on this on sunday was very specific and that is because who was out there pushing the fact that there was going to be a new indictment there's nothing coming across in court documents there's no mention of it in any kind of credible uh, media sources out there uh, people are waiting to see most people do think there's another one coming but uh, you know there's no word of that but what we had happen was that Staff Sergeant Mo, Maureen Peltier did uh, her first episode of her new show called The Oath technically her first episode On um, and I want to say that that was on uh, the 17th, March 17th she did her show and in it she talks about I'm sorry, she says it not on the, on the 17th show. She says that, it is the 17th show, I, sorry, I had to look. On the 17th show, she says um, that there's a new indictment, and I'm going to play the clip so that you can hear what she says. Because if you've come across her stuff, especially those that have followed these particular cases, uh, you have, you know, opinion of her, you know, good, bad, or ugly, and those that don't have a positive opinion of her don't necessarily want to hear her. But I, I think you will notice, but there is some difference in her presentation now. She's not quite as ranty. However, listen how she
1: talks about this indictment. And now one more thing I'm going to touch on, and and we'll also let Victoria expound on that with her knowledge. It is true for those of you that may have heard the whisperings that there is a new indictment from Nevada coming out, and it is anticipated on good authority, good word, I'm, I'm not going to name names, but it's coming soon, so it'll prove me right or wrong or prove the information I received right or wrong, but it's, it's real. It's happening. The grand jury came together in Nevada and approved this indictment, and many arrests are coming. We don't know the number. We don't know the names. Um, I haven't seen the paperwork yet. It is very real. It was decided, and it's either going to be released tomorrow, Friday, if it is released tomorrow, I, I think we may be anticipating a lot more arrests. And uh, if it's not released tomorrow, it may be as soon as you know early next week it, that they will begin the process of fulfilling um, the indictment arrests with that, and it will be related strictly to the Nevada Bundy Ranch um, events.
0: Now. Staff Sergeant Mo did that video. She said those words in a a live broadcast on YouTube on March 17th, which was the day that Santoli had been in court and was having his Nevada arraignment hearing. This is the hearing that Deb Jordan was not in. Uh, I think it was the first one that she technically was not in the, that people generally found out she wasn't there and had been wondering why. Um, anyways, that's neither here nor there. What is important about that that message is the date, and I'm going to tell you why as we get into this because that date keeps coming up in a couple things here, including with what Fiore said. So that is the day of the hearing. Staff Sergeant Mo goes home or to her hotel room or wherever she's staying, wherever she does this video and she's telling you about this new indictment. Now, she just spent time in the courtroom with Fiore and someone else that I'm going to talk to you about, as well as, of course, uh, Thomas Cohn, who is Santilli's attorney, and whoever else that they spoke with and encountered that day. So on that same day, as I noted, Fiore was also there in court with Mo, and she, too, recorded a message um, about indictments. Now, that message didn't get uh, posted to YouTube and aired, until um, the following day on the 18th, Friday the 18th, the day that Mo says these indictments are supposed to begin. So um, Michelle Fiore, she, she, and she's running for Congress now, people, okay? She's a Nevada Assemblywoman, but she's running for Congress now. This is a lawmaker. All right, she went on the Liberty Brothers radio show, No Keeper's show, uh, with host uh, Jason Van. Peyton Hove, I hope I say his name right, um, no harm, no foul. Anyway, she goes on this show, and I'm just going to play for you what she says because I spoke about it on Sunday, and I was emphasizing the word math, but you'll see that I was emphasizing it the way that she is. <laughs> and, again, this is the day after Staff Sergeant Bell aired hers about the indictment, however it was recorded the same day.
1: Well, basically they're looking at anyone – that was in Bunkerville in 2014 with a firearm. So, the Nevada prosecutor that was in uh, Oregon last week told an um, uh, Oregon attorney that today, Friday, uh, they would be Friday, March 18th uh, through, through the upcoming Tuesday, they will be doing uh, another mass using that term mass, M A S S. Um, amount of arrests uh, with anyone that was in Bunkerville with a firearm in 2014.
0: Okay, so both Moe and Fiore say that this new indictment, they both talk about it being quite large, lots of new uh, arrestees going to come down, according to them. They, they both say that they have it on good record, good authority, I assume uh, that it had to do with something that they heard within the court. They're speaking with, not even in the court, speaking with Thomas Cummins, Until attorney, because Fiore says it was, uh, you, you know, an attorney that told her. Now the Nevada uh, U.S. attorneys were there, obviously, for, because it was a Nevada arraignment to see if they were going to move Pete or not at that point and it could have been from them now here's the deal it's not out there anywhere in the public these girls are pushing it on these days i do think an indictment's coming like i said but why are they putting it out the way they did why are they giving dates and times and kind of particulars of which have surpassed they said by tuesday it's wednesday now um so let me tell you what is going on currently a Bundy Ranch, an Oregon standoff participant, I believe he's 22 year, years old, his name is Jake Ryan, he's hiding in Montana. Uh, he's been indicted. He's got charges against him for the Malheur Refuge standoff. And I don't know if he'll have and ultimately have um, charges for Bundy Ranch or not, but it is my understanding uh, that he was also at Bundy Ranch. That's a young guy. I mean, he was like 20, 20 barely 20, at, uh, when he went to Bundy Ranch, and I wonder whose call he answered uh, to go there, who, you know, who, who riled him up to go all the way from Montana to Bundy Ranch and Bunkerville, Nevada, at 20 years old um, to play Patriot. So anyways, he's, you know, he's hiding out in Montana, and, and Patriots, Liberty Movement, People, and Malicious, are calling up their troops all over online, okay? They're calling up their troops to get to Montana because the family has said that they might be making a stand, but there's a very constitutional sheriff there, which they feel is rah-rah is going to help them out be on their side. Currently, I don't know what's really going on, but currently he's publicly telling basically the Oregon standoff and Bundy supporters to stand down, to stay away. He doesn't want them to intervene or interfere right now during whatever negotiations are going on with the federal authorities and Jake Ryan's family. So that's going on right now. So did, did this is just speculation and questions, but I'm going to get a little bit further also into why after I post these questions. Did Diori and Staff Sergeant Mo put their indictment info out there when they did in order to rally here about people getting ready to be rounded up in mass, 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 as Theori says, right? And as Moe says, many people, okay, so that they can get out there for Jake Ryan's cause. Did they... Did they leak out a piece of information? And I use the word leak on purpose, and you'll see why. Did they leak out a piece of information in order to rally their troops? And if so, let me remind you what they're rallying their troops for, to end up in jail and then go to trial and potentially face prison, because that's what happened last time around, right? I mean, you know, they're running amok right now all over Oregon and Nevada and, you know, going back and forth between the two and trying to stick up for all their Patriot Liberty people that they have pushed and and incited and encouraged into all of these things. So, again, did the and Staff Sergeant Moe put that out there when they did to feed the flame of the Jake Ryan situation in Montana? I think that's worth questioning. So here's why. Because this is something I know. Yesterday, I had a confrontation with this woman by the name of Deborah Benetucci, okay? I don't know this woman from Adam, but some other woman who's one of my personal stalkers, this Rebel's Angels chick named Melissa, um, this Zelloite person, okay, she has just tried to make my life miserable for months. She's one of those, look at me, look at me, attention kind of drama people. She has worked her way into proximity of some of these bigger Patriot players like Staff Sergeant Moe, and um, I was made aware of some posts that she was putting up basically in the beginning stages of trying to dox me, offering up my personal phone number, saying all sorts of stuff, saying some dudes that I only know from Twitter, okay, I only know this guy from Twitter, but saying that he actually works for me and, <laughs> you know, all this just all crazy talk, crazy talk, just like some of the talks you're going to hear coming up in some more of these clips, crazy talk. And that all comes from a place. So this woman, I confront her because it's all over her page, right? So I send her a message. I send her screenshots, and I'm like, hey, let me tell you about this chick, Melissa. You and I, we're on opposite ends of this. You can listen to me or not. I don't really care. But that stuff needs to come off of your wall before there's a problem, okay, because I don't want my phone number being plastered on a bunch of Patriot walls. Now, that being said, my phone number is public. If they want it, they can easily find it. I mean, very simply find it. But the idea of putting it into a frenzy-fueled conversation and situation, and I'm going to talk about some of those people involved in that conversation, and it will make more sense as I keep moving down the line here. So this Venetucci woman, when I approach her, her initial response to me has nothing to do with what i'm talking to her about she's going on and on and on about this guy on twitter and how he works for me and i need to call off my people and he's stalking her and i have other people stalking her again i don't know this woman didn't even know her name before yesterday or anything about her all right but as i looked around as her and i were talking she recently and i mean recently i mean after these arrests recently this is like this is somebody that's like a war profiteer, people, okay? She started working for Legal Shield, which is kind of like prepaid legal. And she's inserted herself into this Patriot movement, and she now sits in court with Fiore and Staff Sergeant Mo because she knows a lot of people are going to need legal help. She's just sitting there trying to, um, you know, shield for money. Uh, that's my opinion, okay? But it makes a little sense there, and I don't mind saying that because. You know, when you sit there and you look at the sequence on her page of the events of everything that she's done, it makes perfect sense. Now, here's why she's important. All that aside, in this conversation about this guy on Twitter that she thinks is stalking her, which I assured her, this is pretty pleasant, nondescript kind of person. I don't think you're in harm. She's trying to say her children are in harm, and she's showing the pictures to the neighborhood and cops and blah, blah, blah. She's, again, fanatically paranoid, okay, paranoid. Now, the conversations that all this was going on on her page and elsewhere were all the people, all the players in them, equal paranoia kind of talk. So at the end of this diatribe from her, you know, I basically, I, you know, I make a comment about, um, I asked her, I said, so by the way, what exactly uh, is your involvement with uh, Santilli's legal team? Because I, as I was talking to her, I saw a couple posts that she had made, including the ones that I had had the screenshots of, and she's trying to act like some, or speak in in a sense of like she's some sort of an attorney, or the attorney's assistant. She may be, Thomas Cohn may have hired her, Um, and the things that she, I'm going to tell you right now, Thomas Cohn is either not a really good guy in this, because he's endorsed it, or... He needs to be aware of what these people are doing, that they're saying they're doing in defense of his client, Pete Santilli. So, you know, they got all this, you know, fear-mongering stuff. So her response was to look on her wall. And I said something to the effect about, and this all took place in private message, but I said something to the effect about, you know, they needed to tone it down. They needed to stop all the rhetoric of call, all these calls to action um, that it was harming There are cases, all right? Now, I'm in a unique position where I feel, whether I'm right or not, that I I can say that to some of these people because I've been a part of these groups, as as you know. And so it's not like just one of you that are kind of new to this or completely on the outside of this looking in for whatever your interest is. I have a different kind of interest. I know many of these people. I care. As you know, Pete with was my friend, and I care when I see these people exacerbating the situation. I don't think the man should spend the rest of his life in jail, but at the rate and route that they're going, that's how I see it happening. So what she told me when I said that to her is this is a direct quote. She said, he won't. Government will be exposed very soon. Teams are working on it now. Matter of days. I got a guy that's going to get all these guys cleared. Like I said, keep your eyes on the media. Now, when she said that, my response was, well, you know, big media isn't really covering much of this at all. You know that. All you listening, you know that. Okay. There's very few. Uh, the biggest media that's really doing any kind of uncoverage, uh, uh, you know, ongoing coverage of this is local Oregon media particularly, the Oregonian and Oregon Public Broadcasting. Um, but the big media, it's like hit or miss, you know, one little story here, one little story there. And so when I said back to her, her response, and here's another quote, and this is the important part. She says they are starting to, Washington Post. And I think when she says Washington Post, I think she's referencing a fairly recent article they did on Deb Jordan in which she lied about how her and Santilli met because they didn't meet at a Ron Paul event or forum. They met on the game Second Life, on the virtual reality game Second Life. Um, anyhow, she goes on to say that that, that Washington Post article is, A step up from alternative uh, media and YouTube videos. And then she says here's the important thing we just leaked info last Friday, Friday, March 18th. Jay Fiore's video went out. The day after, Staff Sergeant Mo's video went out. The day after, she, Deborah Benatucci, and Michelle Fiore, and Staff Sergeant Mo, Mo all sat in that courtroom for Santilli's hearing. They left that hearing, and the two women went and recorded their videos. Then they made sure they were out and live and all that by Friday. This woman said they leaked something to the press Friday. So it sounds to me, okay, I'm speculating here. I'm not reporting news right now. It sounds to me that these three ladies found out about an indictment, and whether Cohen knows or not, I don't know. Um, whether Cohen knows they did this or put him up to it or encouraged them, I don't know that. Um, But it sounds like that that is what uh, they thought they were leaking. Okay, well, the way that they leaked it, what they did is they proved themselves to, yet again, be putting something out there with these inaccuracies. Because they were pretty adamant that it was going to start Friday, and if not, that it was all going to come down by Tuesday. That was yesterday. None's happened yet. So. Yes, I still believe that there is an indictment coming. And, yes, I think that these ladies actually know that for a fact, but I think they jumped the gun, and I think that their reason for jumping the gun is because they're trying to create this little revolution, this other standoff in Montana. Why? Why? For mo lots of reasons. Lots of reasons. It's going to, in her opinion, help, help with essentially the case, because look, no, people are upset, and now the sheriffs are more involved because there's a constitutional sheriff there and all that, or for Fiore, with House, the Coalition of Western States and all the stuff going on with that, um, you know, I don't know. But we hear little parts of stories, a little bit in corporate media, a little bit in local media, a little bit in social media, a little bit in alternative and indie media, and a lot of times that stuff doesn't go together because you're missing all these other pieces, all these other details. And one of the things that, one of the stories that I'm going to go into, uh, you know, in, in a little bit is part of how those little details make a big difference. Um, you know, so again, is Thomas Cohn, Antilles' lawyer, was he a part of these ladies linking this information? The three ladies that were there Okay, or does he not know they're doing this? And if not, he should know. He should know. He should get emails and phone calls about what these people are doing and how they're representing his client and how they're creating more situations that's encouraging more potential violent episodes. This aggression that is coming from these movements right now, there's an arrogance to it and that arrogance is growing, okay, that arrogance is growing, one of the three percenters, his name is uh, Stephen Brooks, yesterday he posted on his Facebook a call for help, he says he's in danger, and he's got all these cryptic little messages, and you know, he's feeling it, he's not telling anybody on there what he needs help for, but he, except that he needs to get from whatever state he's in at his ranch or homestead, to another state where there's a constitutional sheriff, now, did he do that because of Staff Sergeant Mo and Fiore's claim of the indictment, and he's all freaked out, and so he's running for the hills thinking he's going to get saved there. He did arrive, by the way. Some three percenters had his six. Everybody asks me, what does it mean when they say, I got your six? It means I got your back. I think like 6 o'clock, okay, behind you. It means I got your back. And um, so, anyways, yeah, I mean, so these people are freaking out. The paranoia that was already there and existing is so, so much more beyond than, you know, what it's been. It, it is so much more beyond anything that, <laughs> that we've seen, okay, out of these kind of groups so far, truly. And I say this as having been a part of them, and, and, and it's scary to me, okay. It's scary to me. If it's scary to me, it should be scary to you, okay. And I'm not trying to scare you. I just want you to be aware that there are so many more of these people than you guys know, And there are so many more of these people that are actually involved in the constitutional sheriffs or different parts of political life and lobbying. Because for more than a decade, many of the people in these groups specifically set out on campaigns to get into these sorts of positions. I don't know which one of the ones that we're looking about and hearing about right now are those, but I do know for a fact they're there because I was a part of those campaigns. I was actually, and it's laughable now, that I was actually going to run for the Senate. Can you believe that shit? But that's the truth. Because that's how the mind works. Because it was, these people did try many different things and felt disgruntled. They felt unheard. They felt whatever their cause and problems. This is across the board. Any, any cause, any problem, okay, that's how you feel. And so you start trying to figure out how can you work it from the inside, usually before you go to the crazy stuff. So these people have tried a bunch of different angles to get their whatever things redressed, <laughs> okay? Uh, and that—that's just—that's just truth. And—and and I hate to say those sorts of things, but it's like when when you hear terms like the three percenters, and we start thinking about how many people, you know, based on these certain numbers and stuff like that, it's um, it's not the numbers are just much bigger than you know they really are, and. One of the things that you also need to understand, and I said this to somebody yesterday, that is there is a certain portion of them that will come forward immediately, okay? And when they actually do that in, like, mass, <laughs> in pure mass, um, that's when some of the others are going to come out of the woodwork. We didn't see that happen um, at the Oregon standoff for a lot of different reasons. But those things can happen. But what we have to worry about isn't so much of them coming out in mass right now. What we have to worry about is the extremist extremists within these groups. They're already extremists. But there are some that are like the Timothy McVeigh's of the world. And we know how armed to the teeth many of these people are. And it's not just guns. These people that prep, these militia people that prep, I gave it a should dude, okay? These people that prep, they prep, okay? It's not just a few rounds of ammo and a couple boxes and a couple guns. They feel that constitutionally they have a right to any weapon that the government has, whether it's a tank or a, a, a shoulder rocket. A, you know, an armed drone, it doesn't matter. They feel constitutionally that that constitution tells them they can have anything that the, the government does, and I assure you they have much. They have much. There is real reason to fear these people, and i got to say that there are a lot of people that ask me, am I not afraid the things that I'm saying and stuff? Well, no, I'm not afraid because I'm speaking to this from a completely different angle. I care about many of these people. I, I, I wish that I could shake them a minute and and wake them up because they're 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 just so far gone right now, so so far off the rocker. So let's talk about that fear, okay? Let's talk about um, when Pete Samson and uh, Deb Jordan and South Sergeant Mo found out for sure that you know during the, the rally when Am and Bundy was going to go you know make a stand and take over the refuge. Now, in this video, in a video that Staff Sergeant Mo does, this is a different video than her one talking about the indictment. This one is a video that she did that really um, paints the case, okay, for Santilli. And, this is, and if you're wondering about that ex parte motion and, and what is included in the quote-unquote work product. I can guarantee you, I don't know for a fact, but I can guarantee you that if you go and watch this particular video that's linked in, in my story, um, you will see that that video was compiled. She says that these are clips that they provided the attorney, her and Deb, and um, I believe that what we are seeing and hearing in that video is part of what was in that quote-unquote work product. Um, before I jump into uh, this thing on fear, I just want to address um, uh, our baby in the chat room, yes, I know I said that word, and that word was totally fine for blog talk radio. I just need to be careful. I don't drop the F-bomb. <laughs> okay, so, and that's going to be hard. We're going to talk about Alex Jones in a minute. But so let me talk about bad information and fear. So as I was setting it up, when they found out about them taking over the refuge, you know, they went back to their hotel, brought it up. They're freaking out, okay? I give them that because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what this means. But I want you to hear this little clip uh, of Staff Sergeant Mo, and she's talking about what I want you to listen to in it is where she's talking about the bad information that they were getting and what that bad information was. And then after you hear that, we're going to talk about who it came from. I I
1: will um, attest to the fact that as we did find out, um, we were... We were scared for their lives immediately with events like Ruby Ridge and Waco on our mind immediately on our minds, we imagined without you know I mean we were getting bad information uh, we weren't we weren't sticking to it we were we were waiting to vet it, but we were hearing things such as the feds are already there, that the standoff, that there was a real-life standoff with the feds there. We heard things like the roads were blocked off and there were barricades. We heard that um, that they had hostages even. There's no way we would have supported that. We were in fear. We were in fear that they did these things. We were in fear that there was a complete standoff, a physical standoff.
0: Okay, so this is some of Mo's thoughts that she put in a March 12th video, which it was her first show, her first official show uh, on YouTube called The Oaths. You, you can either go to my article or just type in Staff Sergeant Mo The Oath if you're interested. It is the March 12th show that she says that. Now, when she's talking about those different fears... Okay, fear comes from lots of different places, but you heard her talking about all the different scenarios that people were telling them, right? What she doesn't tell you explicitly, which is the most important part of it, because it's still going on as we see constantly, is all that information was coming from all of them. It was coming from their patriots, to the BJ, from the BJ Soapers to the Brandon Curtis's to the, you know, the whoever's okay, to, from all these people that were getting snippets and playing the telephone game, all right, and spreading all this stuff around in the situation, and so you get to the point where you do not know what is real and not because the truth is when you're that far deeply into these movements, you already don't know what the truth is, unfortunately, but it's true, okay, so then you've got all this and these situations coming. I can even though I know that that's work product for the the, the trial, um, you know, where that whole little compilation came from. Uh, And you'll see what I mean if you actually watch it because she's basically separating San completely, really, from all the others, um, which I expect him to separate his case from the others. And so this is kind of the start of that, uh, in my opinion. So when she's talking about the misinformation, the disinfo that they're getting, that's fueling their fear, okay, Skyler Barbeau and some of these other different militiamen have talked about these sorts of things um, in their trials about how the more afraid they were from whatever that they were feeling their confirmation bias with, the more afraid they themselves personally made other people, right? Fear is contagious. Fear is very contagious. And that's before anything happened. Okay, that level of fear was from the mere fact that Ann and Bundy took over the refuge before they even went there, okay, before Santilli and his crew even went there. That's important. That's really, really important because the reactions of these people are due to their self-driven fear that they blame all of us on, okay. They blame all of us, particularly people like me, but they blame all of us on their fear in putting this stuff out there that, that is untruth. They're doing it to each other. That's a fact. Okay, that's, that's a fact. It, it's, it's an insane and irrational fear, but it's so real. It is so real that I can't stress it enough. So let's continue with that fear because if you remember, I talked about cults on Sunday, and, I, again, you need to hear Staff Sergeant Mo say this, okay? This is also from the March 12th video of hers. Listen to her say this. And this is her talking to, directly, via video, it was a live video, to Alex Jones.
1: The truth is hard. And the truth is, Alex Jones, that everything you predicted that would happen to our country Everything, Alex Jones, and your messages I've listened to for years is coming to fruition. Alex, David Knight, Joe Biggs, everybody on the War shows. It's happening, and it's happening right now. And you're not paying attention. You're not hearing it or seeing it. They're rounding us up, Alex. And you're pointing fingers, saying it was earned and deserved? And again, I say, that is no different than saying the woman who dressed inappropriately deserved to be raped. Your message is loud and clear to me now, Alex Jones. Pete Centilly is being raped, and you think he deserved it. You think we all deserve it. Everything you predicted, Alex, is coming to fruition. Yep, yep,
0: it kind of is for them. And if I was still involved in all of that, I would have said those same things. I would have said those same things. Because everything that she says about her and Santilli and the rest of the Patriots in relation to Alex Jones, and in relation to not just Patriots, Alex Jones' followers, in general, as a whole, okay, as its as own as little populace, all right, what she says right there is true. It's very, very true. And just as CALS members, the Coalition of Western States, Michelle Fiore, Chris Ann Hall, Sheriff Richard Mack, Gavin Feim, and all the rest of the gang, just like they play a part in this, so do people like Alex Jones. It's a fact. And it's not one that we can keep brushing aside. Because like when I was talking about those cults, and I was talking about if Santilli is guilty for inciting others, then who then isn't guilty of inciting people like Santilli? Well, certainly the cows. But ding, 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 we have another winner, Alex Jones. And, you know, we have a whole feast of people, (laughs) not just a chicken dinner, all right, have a whole feast of people here that have heavily influenced, at the very least, both the Bundy Ranch and the Mallier Refuge standoffs. And they're still walking free. And the sad irony in Mo's statement against Jones is that she and the rest of them are are missing their real defense here. They're missing their real defense here. We had, uh, I think it was Ritzheimer, and early on after, after his arrest, Santilli and his attorney actually said something similar. I'll have to dig it up. But they were trying to use current stuff in the news, and Santilli had made a comment or as attorney on his behalf had made a comment about just like the stuff that Trump, Donald Trump, wants to be our president, that he's saying out there, okay? But that's still kind of true. When you have people like this and people of these calibers doing and saying these things and encouraging you and giving you support, whether it's tactical or financial or whatever, why aren't they in trouble? Because I know, for instance, I know if somebody came to me and asked me to
2: do a dirty little
0: job for them, for someone else, even if they didn't do it and I did it, they're still in trouble, so why is that not the case here? There's plenty of circumstantial evidence enough to start building a case. Maybe the feds are. I don't know. What Mo said to Alex Jones there is true. And Alex Jones, he gets people to these points of doing these things, then he steps back. And he'll claim things like, oh, well, he don't really write his stories anymore. And he do you know. No, he's still just as involved. Because his whole shtick is to pump fear. That's his whole shtick. That's why he has all of the survival stuff and all of that on his thing. That's how he makes money. Commission, commission, commission. All right? All his cuts from all those sales that, that, of all the people that buy because they're scared. And times are coming, Right? Because he says so, or because they want to have some self-fulfilling prophecies, like some presidential presidential candidates we've seen when they like really drag religion into their platform and start talking about holy wars and stuff like that. Okay, that is how this works. And with Santilli, as I pointed out a little bit on Sunday, is when Santilli started when he first started doing the show. Santilli was one of the biggest Alex Jones fans, not just a follower one of Alex Jones' biggest fans, okay? Sucking it up all over Alex Jones' show pages. And then when he started his show, it was all about Alex Jones and Alex Jones. And oh, by the way, he had tons of ads for Alex Jones, tons, not just one. Lots. almost everything on his pages were Alex Jones. That was his hero. So who is responsible for inciting people like Santilli? I think that's fair. I think that's pretty fair. Um, so on that note, I'm going to jump over to yet another little story and talk a little bit more on this paranoia, all right? Uh, who am I? My name is Sherry Roberts, but who am I? According to this dude on Radio Free Readout, his his host, his name he goes by is John Jacob. I don't know if that's his real name because when I hear a name like that, Of course, I think of, you know, John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. (laughs) And, uh, you know, so I I don't know. A lot of these people that do podcasts don't use their real names and real faces. So um, I don't know. But, you know, he says his name is John Jacob. And uh, according to him, I'm a commie revolutionist on the naughty list. Okay, a commie revolutionist on the naughty list. And I want to play some clips from a show that he did the other night. I happened to stumble across something because I was getting – I literally got two hits to my website. Uh, to challenging the rhetoric website from this site, I had never heard of. So I clicked over to see what it was, and he had done a show where in the opening of his show he did a mini rant on me and Oregon Public Broadcasting for our stories on cows, the coalition of Western States. And in this little intro lead up for the show that he was doing on a different topic, he said that he was going to do a new show the next night and he was going to shred us. And not the quote, co- he was going to shred us. Okay. Um, okay, I guess I'm shredded, um, so I, I, I got to say, I laughed, I literally, I was a little nervous when I started listening to the actual show of the of the great shredding, so I'm like, ah, oh, shit, man, what is he going to do, what is he going to say, and yes, our baby, I can say that word too, FYI, before you pop up in my chat room and try to reprimand me, so anyways, Uh, You know, I was like, oh, great. Here we go again. Because, like, I get attacked all the time. I've been doxxed before. I mean, that's why I have all my stuff public. You know, that's why I talk about all the good, bad, and ugly stuff. Because, you know, inevitably people are going to do this crap when you do the kind of stuff that I do here. Um, So the thing is with this guy, what made me laugh so hard about this John Jacob, this Radio Free Rebound dude, is, first of all, he's, he's a really, really far right wing. And I'm not just saying he's just a conservative. I mean, really far right wing. Okay. Um, really, really roll off flag-waving patriot with these people, I'm a huge supporter of, of, of all of this that's going on. And his site is just littered, littered with product for sale, product for sale. And the ads that run in his site, the bulk of the ads that ran through the shows, the, the one-and-a-half shows that I listened, were actually ads for companies that he and or his family owned. Yes, I checked you out, John. I want to make sure I knew who I was talking about. So let me start with the first clip. He just finishes railing OPB, Oregon Public Broadcasting, for their cow story. And he doesn't even really talk too deeply or really shrug them much. I mean, he says a little bit. He spends the bulk <laughs> of his time railing into me. So this is uh, this is how he set it up.
2: Another piece by some no-name blogger, obviously embellishing or outright lying, using inflammatory, dare I say, slanderous piece of some blog called Challenging the Rhetoric which is funny she calls her blog Challenging the Rhetoric it's funny because she's peddling rhetoric misinformation and even lies under the name Challenging the Rhetoric Saul Alinsky would be proud here's the blog subtitle no political endorsements no corporate dollars no hype, no lies (laughs) and this is what I was saying. Remember, watch for the purge of leadership to come down the line in at some point in the future. And journalists like this, so-called journalists, are starting to make the case and call for those in legislative positions who are trying to advocate for citizens against the BLM, against their overreach, against the threats against the coercion to try to facilitate a peaceful resolution to the situation there are now calling them co-conspirators.
0: Okay. So first I got to point out because he he calls me a propagandist, right? But he he doesn't, he's not sure what to call me besides a propagandist and you'll notice that and and I'm only going to play, like I said, a couple short little clips here. But even in these short clips, and this is how pretty much his whole rant on me goes. Um, he, he can't determine whether to call me a journalist or, or a reporter or a blogger. He wants to call me a blogger. He doesn't want to say my name. He doesn't want to give me any credence, but he seems to – can't help himself. He can't help myself calling me a journalist. He can't help my, himself um, really complimenting me along the way. Um, so here, here's the next clip.
2: And here's her headline. And this is starting to – this. This uh, verbiage is very carefully crafted. Will Gavin Syme, Michelle Fiore, Sheriff Mack, Chris Ann Hall, and others be indicted for their legal influence, tactical support, encouragement, and admitted foreknowledge of Ammon Bundy's Malheur Refuge armed takeover?
0: Okay, so all this care, very carefully crafted verbiage, again, that's a common theme through this rant on me. He goes on and on about how carefully and precise I craft my messages. So, you know, John, so let, me, let me clarify. Let me, let me solve one little mystery, apparently, that you're tripping on here. Uh, on Blog Talk Radio, when you put a little, um, a little blurb, a little headline for your show, I generally use the same headline for my stories or from one of my stories or somewhere weave it in there. And just like on Twitter and everything else, you're limited to how many characters you get. And so, yes, you're damn right, buddy. It is pretty carefully crafted. I have so many characters with which to get my point across about what my show and or my article which you're about to read is about. That's what a headline is yes it was carefully crafted for characters I had a lot to say in that uh, brief little thing um, but you know again listeners this carefully crafted thing. he is obsessed with the fact that I am some very highly skilled he, in, in certain parts he talks about my very obvious uh, journalistic education um, I mean for somebody who's opining so greatly on who I am he really didn't Check anything out about me to even confirm or, or affirm anything that he was saying. And I'll tell you why in a minute. I'm going to play these two very short clips back-to-back here. Um, and this is in reference to Gavin Syme and any foreknowledge that Coalition of Western States had to the Oregon standoff getting ready to come, uh, come about.
2: An email response regarding Syme's Oregon reference, his brother and spokesman, Nathan Syme, replied denying his brother had any foreknowledge of a takeover and said instead the remark was in reference to rallies against Oregon's similar lawless gun restriction bill. Okay, so this reporter says, this blogger says, did he have foreknowledge? No, no, he didn't. Now, remember, another tactic of the left, especially communist revolutionaries, through their propaganda, is to continue repeating. Even if, even if you refute it, they will continue repeating the lie until it's accepted, until people begin believing it. This is clearly with an agenda.
0: I have an agenda. Here's what he continues.
2: She says, while it may be true that he didn't know about it in advance, The statement was posted a mere five days after the Bundy's public redress on Santilli's show. If Syme didn't know about the refuge plans or any takeover plans, how can it be that his fellow cows members did?
0: Well, what he doesn't tell his listeners is the rest of that part of my cow's story. And that is, it would be a natural inclination for just about anybody that knows this to wonder that very question, and what is this? This is the fact that Gavin Syme is technically the owner, on paper, the only technical on paper owner of Coalition of Western States, because five days after the Bundy Ranch episode, after he and the others got together, Gavin Fine, Mister Internet Man, okay, he went out and he registered and bought the domain name. He's a social media manager. Uh, coordinator or whatever on on their letterhead. He owns anything that's on paper for cows. So why would he not know? I think that that's a fair question, uh, Mr. John Jacobs. So, you know, I'm not sure where you're going with that because if you really wanted to go somewhere with that, you would have mentioned that fact because that is the fact in what I said. I didn't just speculate. I actually gave you a very real fact. So the last clip I'm going to play from him kind of rounds this out okay and, uh, and then I'll do some commentary and wrap up the show real
2: quick now in the interrogation world which is one of my areas of expertise this is a skillfully crafted question this is called well technically uh, plurium interrogation interrogationum, okay that's a, a Latin word which falls under there's several different types of questions that fall under that and that's loaded questions
0: Well, <laughs> I think any question that is meant to make anybody think about something, especially when you give them something relevant that goes with it, uh, sure, probably a loaded question. Uh, but as this gentleman, um, who, you know, he was, he was, you know, I guess a gentleman. He's got a good little presentation there. Uh, don't forget, I'm on his naughty list. I, d- I didn't put that clip in there, but he, he basically, and one of the things he was saying, he said, you know, he. You know, he does a little tisk tisk, and I'm on the naughty list. And and if you do listen, you'll notice that often when he's actually quoting me, he softens his voice. Uh, I don't know what his trip is, but he's definitely got a little bit of a fixation on me. So, you know, he talks about his area of expertise and interrogation and all of that, but he's not he's, – he didn't look into anything of me. Now, all of you that listen to me, even if you've only listened to me once or twice, you know, most of you know or if you've read my stuff or read my bio uh, or know me, you know I have worked in corporate media for more than 20 years. My, all, my entire adult life has been in media, most of which corporate media, including working for Viacom CBS. I have worked in almost all capacities of broadcast radio. I am a professional copywriter. And so, yeah, everything I write is pretty carefully crafted because I'm also an SEO expert. So when I'm writing my stories, I am making sure without doing black hat tactics that I have the appropriate keywords and phrases, that I have the appropriate headlines that aren't quick headlines. I know what I'm doing. And as you can tell from what this guy says, he can't figure out how to even address me. You know, a blog, He wants to call me a blogger, but he knows I'm not just a blogger. I'm highly skilled. And you know he's got an issue with it. It's funny. I get stuff like this all the time, and I'm not – I mean, I know it is in part of what I do. I get that. I get that. You know, people want to go up against what I do just like I go up against what people do, all right? But this dude thinking he's shredding me. Hey, man, I'll take shreddings like that any day of the week because what made me laugh so hard is that, The truth is, is this man made me sound like I was some sort of expert magic woman with some, like, huge, enormous amount of power over the whole cow situation. I mean, keep in mind, the first clip I played is, you know, me and OPB are somehow part of this coordinated effort, and that is actually not just on the hunt, but we're somehow going to make this happen where there's going to be things that come down on these people. Well, I don't think that I can make a crime appear where one isn't. I can say that, Um, you know. I don't know. The paranoia is just running, running, running through these people. And this guy spent an hour of a show trying to figure out who the hell I am because apparently I'm some mystery. I've been around for a long time, dude, okay? I'm not a mystery. And there's nothing about me to be paranoid about, but everybody is so paranoid about everything, and I don't really – and know how to convey that to you without it being one of those eye-rolling things on the listener end, okay? Because that paranoia is really key in the problem because it's a cult. Like I keep trying to tell you, it's a cult. Yesterday, one of the Oregonian reporters, uh, let's say, it's his wife was nearly doxed, and the Gleeful participants, they are so desperate in their posts, to get a home address for these people, particularly one of Staff Sergeant Mo's uh, Facebook friends. I have her blocked because she has done the same thing to me already, and I'm going to tell you, her name is Luana Elliott, and she and, and on one of the other pages this is happening on is also still uh, Deborah Venetucci's. But let me talk about these two women real quick before I sign off, and I only got a few minutes. Do these two ladies know that right now, right now while I'm doing this show live, I am actually looking at both of their home addresses, their personal phone numbers, one of their places of business, and even four arrest records for one of them. Arrest records, mind you, that are for assault and malicious mischief. I'm looking at that right now. I didn't pay for anything. I did a simple search. These two women, the A, one of which is on a hunt to put anybody's personal to dox, anybody she can, and whatever other malicious stuff, that's the Luana Elliott, all right? blocker people. This woman is crazy, just like Melissa Crockenhauer or whatever her name is, Rebel's Angel chick, all right? Venatucci, I don't know what her trip is either, but she's a very aggressive, very paranoid. She's one of the most paranoid people that I have interacted with on this, okay? These people want to put your personal information out there. They're paranoid about themselves. They sit there and rant and rave that somehow we're all after them and going to harm them or their children or whatever, and yet they got pictures of their kids and pictures of their regular lives and public accounts and, like I said, a very simple search. And I am literally, right now, looking at their personal phone numbers, their home addresses, where they live, where they work, Shall I dox them. It's not how I roll, which leads me to my clothes and we're back to the man in the tree who's no longer in a tree. Now, this man probably already had mental health problems. I don't know. I say probably because he did appear to potentially be a homeless man. Uh, He saw his shoes a lot in that and his clothes a lot in that. And maybe it was his style. I don't know. But let's just pretend that he never had a mental problem before climbing up that tree yesterday. Let's pretend that he had, the first time ever, had some kind of break with reality. And here... Como News in Seattle, probably because of the, the huge ratings that David Fry's live streams from the Malia Refuge got. Okay, this is that whole Roman Coliseum that I talked about a month or so ago, all right? This whole mentality that we have to put it online, put it online, let's humiliate and harm people, let's put people at risk. Why are we doing that? Why are we doing that? there is a problem with humanity and technology is a part of that problem. If that man, if that was the very first time he ever had a break, a mental health break with reality, for all you know, that could be like some musician. He might be some some musician who's never done dope or some, he could be somebody important for all you know. He's probably not, but it doesn't matter. What matters is everybody's reaction. It's like we want to throw people to the wolves. We want to put them in the Coliseum. Why? We want to hurt people in 140 characters or less, and I'm just not okay with that. I don't think that you should be okay with that. Because that itself is also perpetuating the problem. I watched David Fry's live feeds. I was hooked on it. And, yes, I watched The Man in the Tree. I started watching it last night. Actually, actually all day I thought they were saying manatee, so I didn't look, all right, until last night, and I looked. And then my heart hurt so bad because I thought he might fall out or something or whatever. And then my paranoia was like, oh, God, are they going to kill him? And then I realized that my paranoia was just paranoia. More people need to understand what their paranoia is. Those who seek only to confirm stop seeking truth. And in doing so, they become the creators and curators of the very propaganda they fight against. I say that every week. Every week I say that. I used to be a, a creator and curator of this same propaganda. You've got to stop. If you care about these people sitting in jail facing life in prison and, and those others that are being led to jail, you need to step back and stop. No more Alex Jones. No more Pete Santilli types. We're getting led the wrong place of pizza until he found out and is now trying to blame Alex Jones and Donald Trump for it. If you missed any part of tonight's show or any of the others, you can find the archives at challengingtherhetoric.news, and they're all also now on YouTube. This one will be available on YouTube by morning, if not in a couple hours. Do the search for Challenging the Rhetoric, and it'll pop right up. If you like what I'm doing, you can hit me up on the website and say hi, shoot me an email, listen to the next show, hit like, hit share. Or you can donate. There's a PayPal button on the left on the website. I'll be back at my regular time on Wednesday. I hope you all have a great week. Thanks so much for listening.